been a shift in um, tactics by the other side uh, that's involved, the main players. There's been a change in how contacts operate and what they relay. There's been uh, powers uh, contacting and making offers. There's been a whole, like the whole playing field has changed. Plus some people who were um, kind of nasty in the past have even contacted and said, look, I trashed you in the past. I was someone who didn't believe, but now I want to apologize. I see now um, that you really were the real thing. So it's basically beating a whole PR system of negative PR, you know, a whole machine in place. And once you come out of the other side of that tunnel, um, people appreciate that you um, stood through the journey. I'm proud to share with you Tetragen, which helps you transition to a healthier, happier, and thinner you without cravings or side effects. Our metabolic hormones are the underlying problem that doom every diet and exercise program to fail. They control our metabolism, cravings, how much we eat to feel satiated, blood sugar levels, and even our energy levels. Tetragen is formulated with four clinically proven patented ingredients that help rebalance your metabolic hormones in roughly 15 to 20 days, depending on the amount of weight you want to lose. Once your metabolic hormones are rebalanced, you'll be on the path to long-term sustainable weight loss because Tetragen is the first in the world which is scientifically formulated with four clinically proven and patented active ingredients to help you reach your targeted weight in two distinct phases. Phase one, rebalance your metabolic hormones, and phase two, accelerate fat loss. The best part is that Tetragen comes with a 60-day money-back guarantee. So what do you have to lose besides weight? Learn more with the link below. Welcome to Business Game Changers. I'm Sarah Westall. Thomas Altenhollis rejoins the program, and we're going to discuss the latest in the matrix corruption scandal that has been going on for decades. For those of you who do not know the background of Thomas, he is the real creator and writer of the Matrix trilogy. It was originally called The Immortals, and he has all the proof showing that that's the facts. This really is a story of one of the largest film franchises in U.S. history and how it was stolen. It's a total fraud. Truth is often stranger than fiction, but we all know that by now. This story has intrigue and corruption at the highest levels of Hollywood. You'll hear companies such as Warner Brothers and Disney and big names such as Michael Eisner, Steven Spielberg, the Wachowskis, Joel Silver, Keanu Reeves, are, they're all involved in this scam. You can see my other two interviews with Thomas Althaus, the real writer and creator of the Matrix Trilogy at sarahwestall.com. You can also learn about this case in detail, see court files, documents, and more at redpillrising.org. And I really recommend that you do that so that you see for yourself that this isn't BS because there's been so much bad PR. You know, when anybody goes after people with power, it, they turn on their big media PR machine and just try to destroy that person. So you got to look at the facts yourself. But before we get into this conversation, I want to remind you to sign up for sarahwestall.tv or Evernear. You'll have the opportunity to see many exclusives, including my latest with Thomas Alhaus, where we learn even more inside details about this corruption in Hollywood. So go to sarahwestall.com under subscribe and sign up. And while you're there, remember to sign up for my newsletter so you do not miss any of my new shows. 
and the many articles. I've been writing many articles over the last couple years, and especially lately. I just published two new articles that uh, you can see, and you'll see it in my newsletters. And there's so much more that I put up on my website. So be sure to go there, sarahwessel.com under subscribe and sign up. Now let's get into my conversation with Thomas Althaus. Hi, Tom. Welcome back to the show. Thanks, Sarah. Great to be here. I am so happy for you because I think people are starting to realize the truth in your situation. And people started to actually look at the documents that you have because it's hard to argue with the facts that you have that you really did create the screenplay for the Matrix. Mm -hmm. And what kind of reaction? I know when we first, when I first interviewed, this is my third one with you now. The first one was all about proving that you did it and you were still in this proving mm -hmm. mode. Mm -hmm. But I think your world has changed, hasn't it? As people, so what has gone on over the last few years for you? It's been a shift in um, tactics by the other side uh, that's involved, the main players. There's been a change in how contacts operate and what they relay. There's been um, powers uh, contacting and making offers. There's been a whole, like the whole playing field has changed. Plus the public, instead of being trashed all the time or mocked, um, you get people calling in saying they're fans of your courage, of your tenacity uh, to keep going. Some people actually call even young people and say, um, you may not know this, but you inspired me and, um, you know, made life decisions based on uh, this journey of not giving up. So it's interesting what people draw out as their defining factors or defining elements of um, trying to see something through, where for yourself, it's like running through a blinding hailstorm. Oh, I'm You're basically sure. head down, you just keep step step by step. I'm sure you know, you know, where you just try to take a step and take a step and you don't really think it through. You're just, I gotta keep going, keep going. Like my son said, keep going, dad, don't give up. But then people will respond with, it was your tenacity, it was your courage, it was your truth. And some people who were um, kind of nasty in the past have even contacted and said, look, I trashed you in the past. I was, someone didn't believe, but now I'm gonna apologize. I see now um, that you really were the real thing. So it's basically beating a whole PR system of negative PR, yep. you know, a whole machine in place. And once you come out of the other side of that tunnel, um, people appreciate that you um, stood through the journey. Well, and I think it's just so amazing because I think it's what we're going through overall in general, you know, with exposing the trafficking, exposing just mm -hmm. the crimes in general, the whole guardianship program. I mean, just all sorts of things that we're trying to expose. And there's so much negative PR and you're just kind of a role model as to how to keep going after it. And what it takes is for some people just to have take the time and actually read the documents, read the court files, you know, and that's what I, I like to do. I, before I'll bring anybody on, I just say, well, I want to see your files. I want to see what you have. I want to see that you have the proof. If you mm -hmm. have the proof, it's like, I, I just, I know there's so much corruption out there. Mm -hmm. If somebody mm -hmm. has that kind of tenacity and they don't give up and then they have the proof in their, their documents, it's like, let's go for it because you know, they've been a victim like so many other people. And so you are really a hero in the, in the, a, a role model for people, which mm -hmm. is really great. Um, can you talk about what you have seen? How have people changed and how they're behaving with you? And you say that contacts are different. 
Um, mm-hmm. what, what do you, I mean, you haven't, um, because there's so much corruption in the courts, you haven't mm-hmm. really seen mm-hmm. justice there yet. Um, mm-hmm. but I mean, I'm going to be honest. Most people don't see justice in the courts. It's really, really hard mm-hmm. because they're so mm-hmm. corrupt, but you're seeing mm-hmm. justice in the public eye because people realize are realizing the truth. So what, right. what are you seeing now? I mean, like, what are the sources doing? Cause I know that you have powerful people that are just pissed that this is coming out. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Big time. Um, basically one of the tactics the other side uses, and that's a conglomeration of, um, different organizations working together, which people wouldn't think would be ordinary bedfellows, but they do work together when there's enough money involved and profit to be made. Intellectual property became one of those things. We're learning that um, people are actually, like you said, looking into themselves. They're actually doing critical thinking. What's actually going on here? We went from, okay, um, I've heard of your story, but it was their version, Hollywood's version. What is really going on? And we find out that our law system is based on the Roman Empire. Really, we are a lot of our faith in our faith system, our belief system, religion in this country is from the Roman Empire. Constantine and Justine setting it up. They chose a specific religion or group because they thought they had courage. And then you've got the law system based on Roman Empire. Really, it is the Roman Empire. And some can say it digs from the Greeks and things. But the thing is, we're still operating in the very system where an empire fell from corruption. And so we have the illusion of justice. And so what happens is you see in Hollywood, um, the real winners are those that are in-house, where they choose those people in-house to win. And the common people don't get a chance. And so it's like, you just get slaughtered. But I'm seeing this, a situation where um, people who had been harassing suddenly the ranks are thinning was very a few, oh, now, great. very few. And then they're easy to peg. You find them easily connected to others in their circles. Meanwhile, they got people jumping out of buildings and stuff that were producers and directors, literally. It's like they are collapsing. Disney, they've got um, MGM was doing it. Fox, all of them were just quickly selling out to Disney pointing the finger their way in instant transactions, like in 12 minutes, I think it was, I think it was MGM did a half cash, half um, credit uh, sellout back to the group that actually started all this intellectual property ripoff. So you see Hollywood in agreement in ripping off the writers that aren't um, established, you know, yep. the work is good, but not established. And their justification is that all work is stolen, all work, everybody you know, gets the same ideas. Everything's been done under the sun. So you justify it, right? And so we're breaking that up, um, saying we, you know, people that are all coming together to work together, writers and others, saying, look, that's not the right way. It should be, it is okay to operate on truth, honesty, uh, compassion. That's a big pill for them to swallow out there because they say that it's all about power, not not anything else but just power, that that's all they understand. And I have a contact on tape actually saying that, explaining it to me. And then saying, you've won the chess game, Tom. Another, uh, because I did interviews, I spoke out. People like yourself being gracious enough to have me on and taking the risk, having that courage. That's what's made a difference and helped my last son be alive. Mm-hmm. And um, the word is that that's caused, uh, even like I had a white hat guy, so he's a white hat, called me and said, um, you know, we're fascinated that you stayed genuine through this whole journey. You didn't gray, compromise, um, lose part of who you are. You stayed genuine and solid on who you are the whole way. And you became a novelty in the industry because no one does that, they said. So I'm hoping that's a gateway to others realizing that's the best way to go. Don't compromise. 
the word on the street or in Hollywood and other circles and other agencies is that everybody compromises. In fact, I just saw a quote by George Washington saying something about, this is paraphrased, but he's saying basically the test, the real test of a, a person or a man, a person, is when they can withstand the highest bidder. So, yeah. you know, what it comes down to, will you sell out in the end? And the answer to that first question you had is the offers got more and more and steeper that I wouldn't claim my work, the one that, you know, so many have profited off of different studios. They say it's common knowledge that they all got it. So instead of rocking that boat, quote, why not just come on as a script doctor? We'll set you up wealthy and and you can just help other writers create like you did with your technique and ideas and just don't claim your work and that's been an offer um in the middle ground here fairly recently being tossed a lot my way and so it's 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 like they don't want to they call it like shaking up or ruining the lives of others that were stealing yeah it's like what a bunch of a-holes help but <laughs> it's their way of getting away with crime on an ongoing basis they have so much money and power they they do this. We'll destroy your life. We'll treat you like crap. And then um, once you have a little bit of gain, a little bit of ground, they're going to, because they have so much money and power, that we'll just throw you this bone. Yeah, now you'll be mm -hmm. wealthy, but we'll still be able to get away with crimes forever. Mm -hmm. That's right. That's right. And that's why you're absolutely spot on there, Sarah. And so the idea I was thinking was an Aiden too, my son, who's now 14, honor student, you know, soccer, sports, all uh, A's incredible what he's gone through and here he is doing this with his just his dad and um to look after him but the thing is yeah it's like they they run this profiteering organization where they then absorb you as you're saying they try to absorb you but they don't expect anybody not to have their prize but one of us i mean some of us have to say we don't have a price we're not going to do that we're going to try to make it a better world and have it fair for other people right instead of this um garbage system and then they, they label you difficult. Well, it's like when yeah. I die, I want to know that, I, you know, I want to sleep well at night and I want to know that I treated people with kindness and fairness. Mm -hmm. Because really, it? it really is having so much money that great. I mean, we're both living comfortably. You can eat well, right? I mean, you can, mm -hmm. you can do the basics. It's like, really, is it that great to have so much wealth that you, I mean, what is wrong with these people? It's all about living a certain way and and making sure that we help others and creating a better life for our children, right? Absolutely. So you're going to make that little mark on, it'll be a big mark if you can help clean up Hollywood. Mm -hmm. But to say, I want this to be better for my children. I mean, for That's God's right. sake. You're spot on again. What, what it comes down to is, I mean, I have the fortune. I mean, people are saying you don't want to be like Tom Oldhouse. You know, everything was taken from him. They know that. In the industry, it's common knowledge that the stuff was taken. And here they come with Matrix 4, slapping the face with all these inserted materials of like my birthday is now the standard in the clocks on any anything you see is 7-2 on the clocks. Even 7-2-59 on the um, clock with the Antichrist in um, uh, Good Omens. What a bunch so of they just, Yeah, they just keep doing it. And so what's interesting is it comes down to their concern about their legacies in the end. That's what um, uh, Disney's main guy, Michael Eisner, he's still running, running the show, even though from the fringe, he's running it like the man behind the curtain. And so he's the one that put Mike Lang and Harvey Weinstein in place to take intellectual property 93, Miramax films, all that. But the thing is that it comes down to legacy. There's going to be that point where you face that music and face that idea. What did you do? Would your children be proud of you? 
And for me, I'm living my life going like, okay, my child knows I stood with courage that I that I tried to do the right thing and I did it and I never caved and never gave in. And to have his love and help hold his head high that his dad didn't cave even when family were bought heavily, like my sister, heavily by FBI, you know, congressmen, FBI and this kind of stuff. Um, it's, it's, that's, that's golden. I go to my grave whenever that comes, it's not going to be soon. Um, with no regret, actually feeling no regret. These guys, the other side lives in fear and they express that they think it's all about power. They can't even trust their own people in bed with them. No, you know, their own people. Well, blackmail is their currency, right? Mm -hmm. They're, it, it, they wheel and deal differently. It's, and that's what we have to break. But okay, so what do you have? What do you think about this Matrix Four that's going on? I mean, how much are they? Do you, have you read or seen the script? How much are they lifting of your own material? In I mean, I guess it's all based on your material, so it is what it is. But are they still lifting a lot of the elements? Well, that's the interesting. Great question. What they're doing is they're making it up as they go along, which we said before. Now they're actually coming out and saying, "Yes, we're making it up as they go along." Their own art department had to come up with a um, shoddy storyboard because Wachowskis and those guys wouldn't even do it. They feel they they're rushing forward, making it up off my work. No one shoots or bankrolls a film without a story. You know, you just can't make it up as you go along on set with union people waiting around. And oh, that's, that's why they what the they're big... doing on yes, set. Yes, they are. They admitted it. Okay. Now. They admitted it. Well, that's so they, terrible. That shows you. Yeah, and then we got their attorneys on tape saying. They have no working drafts at all. Whereas before they were saying that they, it was all complete and written way back. But then we find out from their attorneys, they were written, they write the script after they shoot it. But now wait a minute. Is this, their re, is this their BS that they're coming up with to say that this isn't based on your work at all because they're making it up on the fly? Uh, it's a great question. I think what they're doing actually is they're trying to slap my face. They're trying to say, yeah, we are making it up. What are you going to do about it? So it's like, because we would said that they were making it up as they went along and they tried to deny their attorneys denied that you know they said it was one seamless piece done sometime in 93 what really when i submitted and um that's why you look at all this evidence and facts and you find out that you know the thea bloom divorce case was arguing that she wanted she wanted her share of the take of my work because she's saying that it was formed after the marriage which was december 93 or yeah around december 93 to larry wachowski so I had submitted in June 93 with attorney's proof and everything else that it was there. Okay, and, I'm not uh, quite sure. Now, she was your ex-wife and trying to explain. No, no, Thea Bloom, Thea Bloom was Larry Wachowski's ex-wife. Oh, okay. We were so to court for divorce. Yeah, divorce Oh, case. so she's trying to get, she's trying to get stolen prop because she was married yeah, to him. Stolen money. And stolen women money. and men, right. you know, spouses get half. And so she's trying yeah. to get half of stolen property. <laughs> yeah. Well, that makes yeah. sense. So I mean, you out. know. Yeah. yeah. So. With your question about Matrix 4, absolutely. What's going on is they're revealing themselves. The The actual guy who was brought in to write the material has now revealed himself and was involved in the other Matrix projects. He's now surfaced because he wants credit before all this comes to a bang. So this Teague guy or something has now come forward. The screenplay that you wrote, wrote actually was all the way through Matrix 3, and they kind of lifted different things and did different things. But... It was a full-blown screenplay. I just want to establish this with um, the audience here, and it really was all three. And then, but this right. fourth one was that st 
still part of it and they're just trying that's what i'm trying to understand but you're saying they're making it up as as i go along well here um, you go here's go your ahead. answer they are trying to quote and you'll see this in articles use up the rest of the story that's stolen material if you're saying you're trying to use up the rest of the material then you're stealing work because you would have that all written ahead of time. Well, but the whole thing is based on stolen work. So the whole concept is yeah. stolen work. It's all BS, but keep going. Exactly. Well, what they did was during the, when they had the attorney provided us, the judge planted they wanted and through our case, just blindly through it. What they did was they got access to all my materials, all my notes, scripts, everything. And a lot of that they didn't give back. And so what they did, since they didn't have any scripts and working drafts, they had all my concepts, notebooks, you name it. And so now they can do Matrix 4 when they're supposed to be dead. But since I'm still here kicking, they're going to go ahead and rush Matrix 4 forward because we're now coming forward strong. So they're using all the notes they never had before, which explains the work. They never understood the work. So in Matrix 4, they can make it up as they go along and also throw the interesting things in, like how the mind is um, – you're using the other person's mind and thoughts – downloaded in order to access information you need while you're sure. experiencing the feelings of them. Also, they made a bungle of it by saying that the little girl was just a subplot. The little girl's essential for a satisfying ending. So we knew they are going to bring the little girl back in to try to clear their names on that and use up that element of the story. And it's like when writers write, they usually go with a first thought process, like when you do multiple choice, pick your first answer. It doesn't give the best work. And that's what they kept doing. They kept just doing, taking their first answers as they made it up on set, instead of doing the layers that are actually in the work. They've never understood the work, and I'm told they still don't, but they had my notes. They can put in interesting twists by simplifying as they make it up as they go along. But there's all kinds of layers of this that are very fascinating, like how they make it up, they stick in what they're familiar with. That's why the train man from Ghost is stuck in my train station scene. He doesn't belong there. But as they make it up as they go along, they go, oh, would it be cool to stick the train man in with the you know the girl to girl with a family, we'll just stick it in there, and have them the same way, same way he did it. So nothing's original. Mm. It's cut, chopped in with what they're familiar with, with a smaller mind thinking. And I have to say it, smaller mind thinking. And so they're jumping and grabbing this jelly bean and this candy and sticking it in, ruining the whole story. But they want to use up their story. Are you seeing elements of people being ashamed, ashamed of their own affiliation with a fraud? We see that even with Keanu Reeves. Um, we have You're, a contact you are, in Europe. You are yeah, seeing that with him. Okay. Yeah, we have a contact in um, Europe, England, who is directly connected to Keanu Reeves. And so she was contacting him through um, people she he knew also besides her. And she said as soon as he heard the Immortals title, he freaked out. He freaked out. He knows what he's doing, what he's guilty of. But they're trying to – they did it to save his career. In fact – Warner Brothers insisted Keanu Reeves be used for the lead in my work, right? When the Wachowskis are finally given, quote, the science project after they failed as writers in Hollywood, they were finally given that project. And uh, their failure actually is why they were given my work, because Jill Silver wanted to appease them after Assassins. Another writer had to be brought in. They wanted out of Warner Brothers. They threw a big fit all over the place. So they got very upset. So Jill Silver gave them my work at that point. They were given the science project to save their careers. And an article they actually said, we'll have to leave Hollywood, pack our bags. We failed as writers after Assassins. Let me show you something interesting. Here is the copyright of Assassins before it gets stopped again. So here you go. This is very important because I said Assassins. So here's Assassins with 
Larry Wachowski, Dean Laurentiis in Paradise Films. Yep. That's Assassins. And they're on there with Dean Laurentiis. Let's go to the next one. Here is Immortals. My title, The Immortals, with Dina Laurentiis, Paradise Films, no Wachowskis. This is what Matrix is, The Immortals. And you see all those extra titles. That's so whoever wants to take the work can put one of those titles. Lift it up a bit. Lift it up so we can see all the, there we go. Now we see the titles. Isn't that crazy? So what you have here is, this is before the Wachowskis were given permission to do the work. So you don't see the Wachowskis on The Immortals title, do you? Mm -mm. This This is the date before they're given the work. Before Joel Silver, before Joel Silver gives them the uh, science project, this is what they're they're given. Uh, this is this is why only Dean Laurentiis in Paradise Films is on there. While with the other one, you see clearly under what Wachowski's did, Assassins, you clearly see Paradise Films and Dean Laurentiis. Yep. So that's in '95, '96. Before the Wachowskis are given it in '95, you're seeing uh, Dean Laurentiis claim the Immortals' work, and whoever. Warner Brothers selects to steal it in-house will be given the work. So after that, the Wachowskis are given it. So Dean Laurentiis does a quick move. He puts the Immortals title now. He takes his name off of it, the Immortals, all those extra titles. So all the studios that have a take on it, that appeases all the studios who want to take a part of the work. They said it was revolutionary. They all wanted to have a piece of it, had ideas for it. And then you see um, the biggest investment firms in Hollywood claiming they created the work. So it switches up. So that trail, if that makes any sense, that trail is so telling that the Copyright Office, they had an insider, and it's only a title, not a body of work. So they're creating slots of the Copyright Office to steal it. But the Wachowskis were not the first pick. It was actually the lady who did Heidi Chronicles, uh, was a Broadway uh, playwright, not a screenwriter, who was picked by Warner Brothers. And they did such a, such a stupid thing. They put in the Copyright Office entries um, her name and said that she was commissioned by Warner Brothers to write The Immortals. Well, how do you have a copyright on something that's not written yet? So my title, here to cap it off, my title, The Immortals, clearly mine, where the director, you know, the director and specialist the copyright office came forward and said, this is your work. And this entry is clearly 1993. Yep. So what happens is, or that's 1998, right before they shot 99. So this is what was used on set. So we've got a situation where... Um, they're claiming I had no script and their attorney who was provided even said he talked to the submitting attorney and had nothing. So you have no case. Well, I talked to submitting attorney had everything. And what that submitting attorney did was instead of them heading me off with their planted attorney saying, there's nothing to find there. He's got nothing. I already talked to him. Well, James Boyd of Norfolk sent me the whole affidavit and notarized it and showed that, yeah, he submitted, here's the letter to Warner Brothers, June 25th, 1993, and all these materials and clothes, tracking number, receipt, everything, from the script to the uh, music to character breakdown, everything. That's why we'll win in court. So, well, as long as we don't have the corrupt court that you just, you know, where the the court just doesn't even care. About what the facts you. are. They, they, yeah, they yeah, don't even like get... this in the court, going like this, and they won't, they won't even talk to me. They talk to their attorney saying, what do you want to do? Yeah. yeah I've seen a lot of really, really, really corrupt situations. Now, Incredible. Yeah, it's it's in, it's just needs to all be cleaned up. But now I'm hearing, and this is what you're saying, and this is proving, is, okay, the government, there's facets of the government that are in bed with 
um, big Hollywood studios to screw over a lot of people. How yeah. many people have been sucked into <clears throat> the scam and been hosed over? I mean, is it just... It's their, they have a template for screwing over people. In your case, you just had tenacity and there's, it was one of the biggest films of all time. Mm -hmm. And even more. That's right. Because when they threw our case, uh, Disney held oblivion for Joel Silver. So as soon as our case was thrown, we never even had our day in court, you know, with the attorney they picked and the judge they picked and everything they wanted to do. And even the handoff attorneys they picked. And we can talk later about how how tied in this connection is, how they tie it all together in this big web of um, intrigue. And it's like what you have is um, uh, what was I saying? They throw the case and they will they won't let you have any evidence entered, and they'll they'll simply say you know then they'll run their own media organizations and say okay look uh, he lost in court and they won't let any positive comments oh, yep. be printed, only negative ones, and that's it. And then they steal again. They, the whole thing is set up as corruption, and they won't even listen to the case. It's just, it's so bad. And then their PR machine comes through and says he lost in court, and we're the one. Mm -hmm. We saw that with this last campaign with Donald Trump mm -hmm. and saying he mm -hmm. lost in mm -hmm. court. Well, you never even heard mm -hmm. the freaking case. That's right. And, and the you know facts they, are yeah. so obvious. And and that's the same case here. Okay, keep going. They do. like Yeah, but they do is they use the government, like you said. Uh, the alphabet boys, we call them, right? Phoebe and, and Sia. And so what we call them, Sia and Phoebe. But anyway, what happens what is they're actually- that? They What get, do you mean Phoebe and Sia? FBI is Phoebe. Oh, CIA okay. Is Sia. Okay, okay, yeah. okay. I just wanted to, I don't, like, went over my head. Yeah, that's okay. Why. That's all right. <laughs> but there, you, you end up as crossover players, right? They give them positions in, in crossover areas where you're not supposed to, like Congressman Brian Fitzpatrick. Mm -hmm.